Hello, everyone. Welcome to Random Encounter 234 or 234. My name is John O. Logan, and as per usual, I am your host. And uh, we are going to have a great show for you today. There's a, we're talking about a game. If you've seen the art on RPG Fan, uh, it's going to be obvious what we're going to be talking about, but it's a big game. It's a game that is of a monumental importance to many, many, many people on the site. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about something else a little later in the show. But for now, let's just meet our panel. So first up, we have Abe Kobolanski. Howdy, folks. Next, we have a first-time visitor to the show, Joshua Linquist. Hi, everyone. And we're celebrating a return, as per always, we have Nikki Ficori. Hello. So happy to have you on the show, all of you. Um, I just wanted to check in before we jump into uh, uh, Pocket Monsters Legends, uh, just it's the end of January, 2022. A full month has passed in 2022, believe it or not. And I just wanted to see how has everyone's month been? Has it been okay? Has it been filled with excellent video games? Uh, so yeah, um, the last time I was on random uh, was like October or so. And it was around that time. That we, wow. Yeah, I think so. It was for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Time passes very quickly and very slowly at the same time. Because I could have I sworn it was like three episodes ago. I mean, it's winter and it's the pandemic. So that's <laughs> it has that effect on people. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I can't remember if it was before. But it was around the time that we... Uh, that's Sarah and I got a we got a new little kitty. <laughs> uh, he's got one eye, and so uh, being Yakuza fans, we named him Majima. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that makes me so happy. You have no idea. So he was like six months when we got him, so that makes him about nine months now. Uh, he's a, a wild little <laughs> thing. Well, he's bigger now. He's not even that little anymore. Living up to his namesake. Yeah. Uh, his his latest thing is uh, he takes all his toys and puts them in his water bowl. I, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, he, he seems to have uh, this obsession with water. That seems like something Majima would actually do. Y- yeah, you would think so. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He likes, you know, he likes splashing the water out of his bowl and uh, uh, just to see what happens. Like, honestly, even if he had two eyes, this would still be a very accurately named kitten. Yeah, it's been fun to watch his uh, his evolution this year. <laughs> his antics. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Uh, Josh, how about you? Has your January been full of good gaming? Uh, yeah, I spent, uh, I guess really until this past weekend, I spent it mostly replaying Zelda games. Uh, so I think I finished five of them since new year's five of them for january that's pretty good uh so yeah i'd say it was full of fun games uh but otherwise just been making plans for projects i want to work on this year and so on but it's a good month i hear the zelda series is good i hear there are at least one or two games in the series that uh really have reached like a fairly high level yeah there are as far as i'm concerned there are 19 (laughs) uh actually i would probably agree with you about that um and Nikki, how about you? Have you played anything fun this month? Yes, Pokemon. Yes, we are getting into that in a moment, but have you played anything else <laughs> um, that's fun? Yes. Um, oh, you know what I've been playing? Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. There we go. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Master <laughs> Duel. Yes. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh! game where you duel people with the cards. Oh, it's, okay. It's just uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! It's just Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes, but it's fun because they have a solo mode where... They tell you all the lore of like the different card archetypes, and then they teach you how to play the decks of those cards. So it's like practical and the deep lore. So that's really cool. Oh, that is neat. I, uh, yeah, I I know nothing about that series. (laughs) It's like there's card games, and then they go, it's time to duel. And then you draw cards, and you play the cards, and you try to win. So it's a card game. Yes. Well, that's awesome. 
uh, and you've been enjoying that? Yes. I got to make, uh, I used to play competitively when I was a wee lass. So mm -hmm. I got to like basically remake one of my many old decks, but with like some of the new cards that they added, which is really fun. I know that we had some massive Yu-Gi-Oh fans on staff a while back. Eva is still a mat, like Eva who used to be on staff. Uh, she, uh, she talks about it a lot on Twitter. Um, and apparently there was a, some kind of a massive card ban or something that happened a few days ago. That's very controversial. And many people don't know what's happening now. Oh, wow. Even I don't know what's happening. I'll have to check on that. Well, something that we do know is happening is the release of a new Pokemon game, which, uh, is Pokemon Legends Arceus. And this is, it's been a pretty big year for Pokemon. Like we've had, we've had actually two years, we've had quite a few new Pokemon games, but something that has been happening uh, recently, at least from the outside, I don't really play Pokemon, but I've noticed that there's been a certain level of, I don't know, staleness about it. Uh, Sword and Shield was, people were very excited about Sword and Shield, but it was greeted with uh, not a whole lot of enthusiasm. People really liked it, but it didn't seem to click the same way. And then a few months ago, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl came out and they were just pretty much straight remakes uh, without much going for them aside from that. Like they had better graphics, obviously, and a few extras, but for the most part, they were the original games. But it seems like Pokemon had kind of been in a little bit of a rut for quite some time involving their gameplay. Uh, and when the trailer for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus came out, there was a lot of joke about, jokes about people saying it's Pokemon of the Wild because it was a, it looked like a big open world, very inspired almost by Breath of the Wild. Um, and people, there was a lot of debate over the last couple of months over whether or not this thing was going to be good. People had some very negative opinions about it because it's the internet. They always have negative opinions about it. And it came out and early reviews came out and they were very positive from the Japanese press. And then reviews came out from some other outlets and they were very positive. And now we actually have a copy. Uh, Nikki is working hard on the uh, review. Uh, Josh and Abe have both played the game. And it seems like that this game is providing quite a bit of the reinvention of Pokemon that we've been waiting for for quite some time. So, uh, Nikki, why don't you tell us a little bit about Pokemon Legends Arceus? It's a game where you run around and throw stuff at Pokemon. Haven't you ever wanted to throw stuff at Pokemon? I have. Now you can do that, and it's great. Uh... I understand that you're throwing things that are not the usual Pokeballs. They are, in fact, a little bit less advanced than the old Pokeballs or the new Pokeballs. Modern day Pokeballs. Right. It's in the past. Ooh. So you, um, you basically use the apricorns and they hollow them out and you have a cool little Pokeball. And that's what's fun because not only is it like old, but you get to do crafting. Wow, you make your own stuff. Otherwise, you have to pay for it. And heaven knows you need the money if you want to expand your bag space. So you better start looking for all those cool things around the wide open world. Yes, so there is no Pokemart, essentially. Not like there is in future games. There's no There's no giant department store style uh, Pokemart. Um, let's actually talk a little bit about the setting real quick. So yeah, this, this game takes place in the past. It doesn't take place in the semi-modern slash futuristic world of Pokemon where nine-year-olds are safe to go out and, you know, fight with wild animals. Uh, this takes place, it looks like about a hundred years in the past, uh, with a very, uh, very, uh, 19th century Japanese aesthetic to it. Yes. It's so funny you say that because they actually like 
at the very beginning of the game say like to your player character you look to be around 15 or so and i'm like ah finally we're older now oh the pokemon series is growing up yeah yeah the last time they did this was like black and white and that even then they didn't like actually drop a number so i thought that was pretty fun but yeah it's like 100 200 ish years in the past and you might see some familiar faces and say, wow, in a hundred or so years, someone's going to be born to your lineage who looks surprisingly like you. And um, you you are displaced from time. You came from the future where you have a cell phone and now you're in the past. And everyone's like, wow, you're a stranger who fell out of the sky and you have weird clothes from the future. So we don't trust you. And then basically... The Galaxy team, don't worry, they're not bad yet, um, are like, hey, why don't you help us catch Pokemon so we can fill out the Pokedex? Because we're terrified of Pokemon. They're going to kill us. So we need to do research. And you've got a good throwing arm, so please help us by catching the Pokemon for us. Interesting. So it, it really is like... It's not just taking place in the past in the sense the technology isn't quite there. It's it's taking place in a past time where no one really knows about Pokemon yet. Like, you actually do need to, like, use the Pokedex. You need to catch them all to figure out what the heck is out there. Right. They make a very big deal about how the Pokemon will literally kill you. I've died, like, twice. So oh, you gotta wow. be careful because the Pokemon are out for blood. Your blood, specifically. It's like they're wild animals. Wow, what a concept. Can you believe it? A Pichu tried to kill me. A Pichu. Oh, heavens. That is, uh, I want to say it's threatening, but it's just kind of cute. It is cute, but it's also scary. <laughs> when it's surrounded by, like, giant monkey. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. they'll gang up on you. Oh, so the Pokemon will, like, work together in some cases? Yeah, it's it gets pretty intense. So it's interesting because most of the time you are in the... I mean, it's just like the overworld, right? There are no more random encounters. Sorry, we have to cancel this episode. But, you know, you're going around and you're throwing the stuff at the Pokemon. But sometimes you have to battle them. And if there are enough Pokemon around, they will all join the fight against you. So you might have like a one-on-two, 1v3 battle against wild Pokemon. They all just gang up on you. Oh, crazy. It is. It's scary. Pokemon are scary. They keep saying it. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified of Pokemon. What if they eat me in my sleep? And it's like, well, they'll try. They'll do it. Yeah, I, I've never actually worried about a Bulbasaur eating me in my sleep before, but apparently that's a thing now. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you've been playing the game. Uh, tell me, what do you make of the, the, new, the new setting and gameplay? Like, I know that it's been in, you know, early things and with the video, it's been compared to Breath of the Wild. I hear that it's not quite the same open world style as Breath of the Wild. What is the world like? Uh, the world is really more like Monster Hunter. Um, really, the game systems in general are a lot more like Monster Hunter. Uh, in particular, like I, I played Monster Hunter Rise the most. Um, it feels very familiar to that. But uh, rather than just one big world that loads all at once, it's zones that you go into. And so the town is completely separate from the world and you talk to the guard at the gate and he sends you off to the zone you pick on a map and uh then you're free to run around and complete your missions and catch what you want and when you're done you go talk to someone else and they send you back to town 
so it's really uh, it, it does feel like Breath of the Wild just because most of the time you're free to do whatever you want uh, after you get through an abysmally long tutorial. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but no, you're, you're free to roam around fairly large areas like even even monster hunter the the zones are pretty big um and so you you get to run around and do whatever you want and if you just want to ignore the story for 10 hours you can and just run around and and catch whatever you want that sounds really nice are the different zones i'm assuming there's different difficulty levels in each one of the different zones based on the pokemon that exist in them yeah nikki might know better uh but I've, i've only been to two zones so far and yes, the second zone they unlocked was significantly higher level Pokemon than the first zone, but they also pull like a, I'll compare it to like Xenoblade, where they throw in really high level Pokemon into low level zones. Uh, so you're running around with some level three uh, Ponyta, and then you get attacked by like a level forty five Rapidash. Oh, okay. Um, so there is a little bit of that. The world is alive kind of setting going on. Uh, where you have to pay attention uh, to what's around you. Uh, but that goes back to the Pokemon are trying to kill you. Well, that, that to me is, that should just be the tagline on the box. It's Legends Arceus, the Pokemon are trying to kill you. They are, um, yeah. What does the game look like? I mean, I've, again, in early art and trailers, there was a lot of complaint. There were a lot of complaints about uh, the uh, the graphics. There was some pop in it it did not it did not look that hot um i'm hoping this version has gotten a little bit smoother and looks a little bit better depends on your tolerance for graphics um i, I well think- we're on a switch <laughs> uh, breath of the wild looks better five years yes, ago well, breath of the wild looks better than a lot of games on the playstation 5 and xbox uh <laughs> okay <laughs> series x i mean i'm just that's just uh, true it's art style can take you a long way but no i feel like it's a mileage will vary kind of thing i don't know if the different uh the different versions of switch chipsets make any difference uh but uh the textures are pretty pretty bad uh i do i do think the character models are fine the pokemon are actually look like they put a lot of effort into the pokemon i feel so like it's just the environments are a little lacking in the visual department. Abe, have you gotten into many of these zones? Have you noticed any, uh, I guess, any slowdown as we sometimes see on the Switch? Oh, uh, I'm only into the second zone. I haven't noticed any slowdown yet. Um, I, well, that's uh, something. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm still getting started on it. But yeah, getting attacked by Geodudes. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, it is interesting that like, you know, the the... The Pokemon that literally are attacking you. I mean, you know, uh, if you want to uh, send out a Pokemon, then then they'll have a, you know they'll have a battle with the the, uh, the wild Pokemon. But uh, until you do until that happens, they they literally attack your like you your person. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a little bit it handles a little bit differently than than the previous Pokemon games. I have to admit the idea of uh, there being an additional level of threat. It's an interesting innovation from what I know of Pokemon. Like in Pokemon in general, there is no real threat to going out into the wilderness. It's just something apparently like by the 20, 21st century in the world of Pokemon, uh, all of the wild Pokemon have been tamed enough that they are not going to eat a small child. But at this point, the fact that they do see you as a threat and they want to attack you and they are wild animals. Yeah, Josh, it does sound like they're pulling a little bit from the Monster Hunter uh, idea. Uh, where it seems like it's it's taking the whole, uh, I guess, hunting, 
pocket monsters a little bit more seriously. Sure, I I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I I really do feel like the game was chasing Monster Hunter designs more so than the obvious Zelda comparison. <laughs> um, <laughs> but because uh, it really it really really feels like a Monster Hunter game with turn based combat. To be fair, every game that comes out nowadays that has an open world that's mostly nature is a Zelda comparison invites it. That is true, but but no, like it it really does like. You you are literally going out hunting monsters, uh, and uh, you know it's not as uh, it's not as uh, I don't know what the word is upfront about it. And like Monster Hunter, you really will just go chase down the monster. Uh, I, I guess there's some benefit to sneaking up sometimes if if the big dragon falls asleep or whatever. But there's a lot more like stealth mechanics in this. You can sneak up on the Pokemon uh, because you don't have to battle them anymore. Like they, they really took a, a note from let's go and just let you start throwing pokeballs around. And so I don't fight 50% of them. You just sneak around in the grass and behind rocks and throw balls. Well, that depends if you want to fight them though. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, they, completing, you can still the Pokedex, yeah, completing the Pokedex requires fighting part of the time. Okay. Uh, Nikki, let me ask you a little bit about the, about the gameplay here. So you mentioned before that uh, Pokemon can gang up against you now. Um, how does the, I guess, what Josh was talking about, the, the combat, the catching, uh, how does that differ from past Pokemon games? Well, yeah, if you send out, so you have, um, you can juggle around your items or your Pokemon. If you send out a Pokemon close enough to the other Pokemon, it's like a regular series battle well it's not like a regular series battle because now they have like turn speed they're like one they're like one step away from like an atb system right now um with like agile style and um strong styles basically making it so it's not just about like your pokemon is faster it goes first you might actually be able to get in like multiple hits before your opponent if you're a like a battle speed is high enough um and you don't want them to faint if you want to catch them um but uh if you want to you know i have been trying to avoid battle as much as possible not only because the alpha pokemon are like 20 levels higher than my pokemon and it's horrifying but because it's just really fun they give you a lot of tools to like exactly use like stealth mechanics like i like to throw smoke bombs hide in the smoke throw food to distract them and then get up behind them and throw a pokeball like or if i'm really high up you know you can take advantage of elevation And, like, if you see an item high up that you don't want to climb up to get, you can send your Pokemon to get it. If you see a Pokemon down below that you don't want to startle and scare them away, you can just try aiming the Pokeball to try to get them from high up, and it can work. Um, It's just really fun to just go around and just, like, see, okay, what is this Pokemon doing? How do I approach it so it doesn't kill me? That is very, very neat, actually. Uh, so it provides an extra element of strategy in there just beyond the uh, the combat. So you actually need to be paying attention to your environment and use different strategies to catch them. That's smart. Yeah. And if you're not paying attention to your environment and you get into a battle, an- another Pokemon might show up in the fight. So you have to be paying attention no matter what. Okay. For some reason, when you mentioned throwing a smoke bomb, I, I pictured... 
I pictured Batman catching a Pokemon. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just like that. I, I think Batman would be a great Pokemon trainer. Yeah. Bang Zoom. Um, probably go for the Zubats mostly. I guess. <laughs> Zoo Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine Batman hanging out in a cave with Zubats. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Okay. Well. Uh, in terms of the combat, it does sound like they've moved slightly away from the traditional Pokemon rock, paper, scissors uh, simplicity of it all. And now that there is like different, there are a lot more, there's a lot more complexity to it, it sounds. It's um, in some ways simpler. I don't think they have abilities anymore. Um, and they've definitely streamlined some attacks to be like, instead of um, like, I've noticed when I use Swords Dance, it doesn't say like attack raised by two stages. It just says like offense raised. Um, but they do have this thing where after a, a certain number of like level ups, your Pokemon will master a move. And if they master the move, you can choose either agile style which will do less damage but increase your battle speed or strong style which does more damage but reduces your um your battle speed so you have to kind of decide okay is it safe to do a strong move which will maybe ko the pokemon but if it doesn't they're gonna attack twice in a row or do I, you know, go agile style, do less damage, but over time I might be able to start attacking multiple times in a row? Or do I just go regular attacks? You you get a lot of, like, options there. Something that I think is honestly more cool than the battles themselves is that it takes place in the environment. So, like, you can move around while you fight and like i've had battles where i'm up on a like a cliff and my pokemon are like down beneath me and if you get in the way of the opponent pokemon attacking it'll damage you too so oh so you really have fun. hp as well yeah like it's it's really neat that you can be a part of that when the battle is almost over i like to start running so i can get a head start to like move away right like you see what i mean so i can start looking for more stuff mm -hmm. um but if you go too far you'll actually like get out of the fight so that's like another way of running away if you want yeah i, I do like that you can actually just physically run away or you can hit the command to run away um and even the same way you can use items with the way you would there's the battle command for item or you can just open the item menu as if you were in the the overworld which is just toggling with the x button uh, but yeah i do really like how you just can run from one thing to another um like i don't think we've talked about resource gathering at this point but you you can send your pokemon out to get berries out of trees and so on but you don't have to sit and watch animations for that to happen. You can just see a tree and lob a ball real quick and keep running. Uh, the same way with the battles. When the battle's over, you can start heading off in whatever direction you want. Uh, you don't even have to wait if you throw a Pokeball to catch a Pokemon. If it if the ball hits a Pokemon, you just want to wait to see if it dings. You can still be running off in another direction to do something else. So it just has a really cool flow to it where you just feel like you're you're always going okay um i think i wanted to ask you about uh actually everyone because this is a this is always a hot button topic um let's talk starter pokemon so the, the three starter pokemon in this game are unlike a lot of other games they're from uh they're from older pokemon games but they were never you know allowed to, they were never starter pokemon together so 
why don't we uh, why don't we talk about your favorite? So Nikki, uh, which who did you choose? I picked Oshawott. Oshawott. So Oshawott was what game were they from? Do you remember? Black and white. Awesome. Um, and why did you choose them? Uh, I love Black aside from and the white, fact they're cute. It's cute, but I always pick Snivy in Gen Five. So I wanted a chance to start with Oshawott, finally. Okay. And uh, they are a water type. Yes. Yay. A little baby lad. Uh, Abe, who did you choose as your starter? I, I don't have a long history with the Pokemon series, but I, I chose the fire one. I, I can't remember what I can't remember what, what his name is. Cyndaquil. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know. I'm just I'm always drawn to the flame, I guess. Um, and Cyndaquil is from what exactly? Yeah, you'd have to ask Nikki. <laughs> Gold and silver. <laughs> okay, okay. Gen two, another little lad. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a little hitty. And Josh, uh, who did you choose? I also chose Cyndaquil, but I actually chose him because he's one of my favorites anyway. Uh, like I, I grew up playing the original Pokemon games, and uh, Gold has always been my favorite of the older games, and that's always who I chose anyway. <laughs> so, so that was a bit of a treat. Yeah. So then putting Cyndaquil in it just was no competition. I do like Rowlet. That's uh, who I chose. For that game, what was that? X, Y, uh, Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon. Okay. Well, I was going to say Rowlet. If I was playing this game, that's who I would choose, just because I like owls. The very um, round child. I was very <laughs> tempted to go Rowlet. They really picked three good starters. Like it feels like they almost picked three fan favorites and then made us all choose <laughs> from a really difficult choice. Yeah. Uh, uh, because mo most Pokemon games, I feel like I go, go go into them and I just kind of am drawn to one of them specifically. Uh, mm -hmm. And this one, I actually had to think about it uh, for a minute, at least. How spoilery do we want to go here? Because um, I have like 29 hours logged and I've okay. seen some things. Um, I think we can go a little bit spoilery. So yeah, if, if anyone is listening and they do not want to be spoiled at all, uh, you can skip ahead a bit, but Nikki, yeah. My Oshawott evolved. Wow, he's so cool. I mean, he was already cool, but now he's still cool. So that's neat. <laughs> Were they not supposed to evolve? Um, okay, uh, I don't know. Abe and Josh, are you okay with me saying this? I, like, I, I already know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go for it. Um, they I have new evolutions. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, normally Oshawott becomes Samurott, and he has this cool beard, and he's a water type. But in in this game, he becomes a water dark Sam uh, Samurott with a new attack, and it's really neat. They all have new evolutions. Oh, that's really cool. Right. Uh, Cyndaquil's new Typhlosion is now Fire and Ghost, which was, again, a pleasant surprise for me because I love Ghost Pokemon. Yay. Uh, so I haven't got I just barely got that far, so I haven't gotten to use him very much. But uh, but I was glad at the the new second type tacked on there. Yeah, I don't mean to sound critical because he is a cute little guy, but he does get looking a little bit derpy in his final evolution. It, it's um, it's a little weird because Cyndaquil kind of looks incomplete and well Cyndaquil and Quilava and Typhlosion look incomplete without the flames and the standard just model doesn't have the flames you have to actually see it in battle with the flames on and so yeah, it just kind of looks like a sloth it has purple flames uh ah. on its back and also almost like a necklace I think kind of around its chest uh so it's got like a spooky ghost purple flame thing going on so it looks better, but yes, he does look a little bit derpy <laughs> when the flames are not there. Aww. 
I think there's nothing wrong with having derpy, a derpy looking Pokemon. Derpy looking Pokemon are cute. And then Rowlet, normally he's a, a ghost type archer, but in this game he becomes like a fighting type warrior. Yeah, I'm looking at him now and it's uh it's a very different looking design than the uh than in uh, past games. Yeah. In past cool. games he kind of looks like a kind of like a yeah. Actually, there's almost like an emo kid type evolution going on here. Yeah, his middle stage looks like Edgeworth. Wow, his middle stage does look like Edgeworth. A lot like Edgeworth, actually. Dartrix. Actually, that even sounds like the name of a prosecutor from Ace Attorney. Yeah, you see? Oh, no, actually, um, this game confirms mm -hmm. that Pokemon and Ace Attorney are in the same universe because Commander uh, Kamado does the Susato takedown on you. Yay! Really? He doesn't call it that, but he, he does the same thing, and it's great. I was like, yes, we did it. We're Ace Attorney now. I've always been a little bit surprised that Capcom hasn't actually tried to do a more crossovers. They did it with uh, Professor Layton, um, which I think was an amazing game, personally. But I was always a little bit surprised. Pokemon slash Ace Attorney would be a very interesting twist, especially because I could totally buy Phoenix putting a Pokemon on the stand based on his prior... Uh, uh, behavior in the courtroom. Yeah, Talonflame and um, Simon Blackquill. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think that this game, it sounds like it's taking Pokemon forward in a number of ways. Let me ask you, do you think that this is a blueprint of where Pokemon games should go in the future? Now, uh, there's been a little bit of controversy about it because it's not, it, it doesn't, it, it's called Legends and it, like, oh, does this belong with the mainline series? It is, a, is it a spinoff? Are they, are they using it kind of as a spinoff so they, they won't make anyone, any purists angry? But it sounds like the ideas that have been introduced in this game should be implemented in future mainline Pokemon games. What does everyone think? Yes. <laughs> but, I, but I'm a very casual Pokemon fan. I am not attached to the old formulas or whatever. Uh, I'm very much a just play through the story, catch as many as I can and put it down kind of player. And this, this game tailors it to what I like about Pokemon to an incredible degree. Uh, they've basically removed everything I dislike. Wow. That's actually high praise, but, it, but it won't be that way for everyone else. Like there, there are very little in the way of trainer battles. There's no player versus player battles. Like anyone who plays Pokemon for the strategic combat or the post-game kind of uh, competitive scene, it, it's not there. All right. They don't, they don't have a blueprint to use it in the future. Uh, that doesn't mean they couldn't put it in here. It does have the battle system, but they just didn't. Uh, but, but I do think we'll, I, 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 like you said, I think they're treating it as a spinoff kind of to, experiment but i i think they should and probably will take the things people like out of this and reuse it hmm. so i think that uh this is it's a pretty good evolution of the uh the, the traditional uh pokemon format and like also incorporating the the, the energy from the like the let's go games and from pokemon go and uh i think it's a you know it's a really good combination and it definitely freshens up the uh the general flow and the general gameplay so I think it should be uh, at least an evolution. You know, I think, I think, yeah, um, they, they probably should continue to go down this path and continue to develop that. I like it a lot. Mm, Nikki. I also love this a lot. My only concern is that um, I think part of the problem with the other mainline Pokemon games is that um, it's just that they made them so often, you know, that it's like, okay, 
Like, you would naturally kind of get tired of playing the same thing every year. Um, so how feasible... You're saying that to a Yakuza fan. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's just not... I'm just, I'm just like, they keep giving me the same thing, and I just keep playing I, it and enjoying I it. I mean, that's what I do with Pokemon, but it's also one of those things where it's like, how feasible is it? to keep making something like this every year or every other year. Yeah. Like if they were to do something where it was like every, like, you know, one year break, one more traditional Pokemon title, and then like one year break, one year break, and then a title like this, and then one year break, a traditional title or something like that. I think it would be good. I just, uh, you know, I don't, I like this so much, I don't want it to go down the route of, like, people getting tired of it because it, they they get it too often. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, the funny thing about it for me is that I've always thought Pokemon games do tend to have a fairly, uh, well, not a fairly, in some cases, an extremely short uh, development cycle. And I've yeah. often wondered what would happen if uh, that development cycle was extended by even an additional year or so to give them a little bit more room to breathe. Um, I guess that I guess that they don't want to do that because Pokemon games are kind of like printing money. Yeah, but it's that's seen- that's my concern, right? We need to use Minimize so that Crunch misses, right? Or Crunch just doesn't have any effect. I don't I don't like like as much as I love Pokemon. Um, I I don't like to see how quickly these games are being churned out for the developer's sake, you know? Mm. Um, And something like this needs time. I mean, all of them need time, of course, but it's, it's especially so for something like this that's more, like, mechanically action-oriented, and it worries me, you know? So it's not that I don't want this to be a blueprint for the series, but I think that if they were to do it, you know... Like, yeah, some people compare it to Breath of the Wild, but, like, how often do we get new Zelda games? It's not, like, at the same frequency as Pokemon, right? Like, you see what I mean? I do see what you mean, exactly. Um, uh, some some people might wish that more Zelda games would come out slightly faster, but uh, including myself. Um, but I, I totally get your meaning about that. Um, it seems like games like Zelda or Mario, for example... Uh, they really take their time with it. They they work on those things in, in complete secrecy for years. We don't get hear anything about them. And then when they do come out, they are massive evolutionary steps ahead of their predecessors often. Uh, and when we do get a direct sequel, uh, in the case of like Galaxy Galaxy 2, it, it's, it's such a beautiful level of polish, but it still has a lot of uh, work behind it. Whereas it seems like with Pokemon, you're right. It is, it's just constantly being churned out over and over and over again. And I guess that's because Pokemon is a is much more of a. I mean, everyone knows Mario and Zelda, but Pokemon is probably Nintendo's most marketable brand. Um, and like, even though Pokemon Go Mania has theoretically, you know, gone past, it hasn't. Pokemon Go is still a played by countless people around the world. Um, people just friggin' love Pokemon. I think Pokemon is the most uh, revenue-generating multimedia franchise. Like, it's bested Sanrio, you know? Like, it's like you said, right? It prints money. Mm-hmm. It just does. And, la- and last year was their 25th anniversary, was Pokemon's 25th anniversary, which explains the number of games and things that got released 
uh, last year and have continued to be released this year. Um, so hopefully things will slow down for a little bit and give them a little bit of time to catch their breath and try something new, or at the very least learn the lessons that have been taught by this new uh, iteration of the game. Right. I mean, one of the lessons they need to learn from this is that even even though Arceus plays really great, like it does have shortcomings and it feels like it could have used another year of development and maybe would have been significantly better if it had it. Um, but uh, it, it is a little strange, aside from just the we want more money argument, that they feel so like it's such a requirement to put out a flagship Pokemon title nearly every year. Um, when last year we had Pokemon Unite and Pokemon Snap and Diamond and Pearl, and then this Arceus right at the beginning of the year, we've gotten four Pokemon games in less than a year uh, mm-hmm. that have all been well received generally. Uh, so it's just, it's odd that they feel like they have to keep that pace up when, like you said, another series like Zelda and Mario doesn't, uh, I mean, Zelda does get like remakes and ports, but Pokemon doesn't do ports really. And they, they could be doing that. Uh, I mean, people would eat it up if Ruby and Sapphire were just ported over to the switch. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they very rarely have ever done something like that. They always put effort into like a full fledged remake uh, when they revisit an, another older game. They're starting to get to the place now where, I mean, a full scale remake isn't necessary anymore. Yeah. I mean, the next one would be black and white, which are late nintendo ds games uh so mm-hmm. I mean, they're still 2d they could just up them to 3d like they did with a diamond and pearl but once you move on from there it's the games are 3d what are you going to do aside from giving them a giving them a texture upgrade uh, right and modern lighting system slap it on boom. I, I do feel like they could and should slow down um but that's not how making money works <laughs> i think they should because they're going to start running out of material to re-release um but yeah I think that this game has been better received than I think Pokemon, a mainline Pokemon game in recent memory. Um, I mean, other games that released this year, like Snap, for example, were uh, beloved because of you know their nostalgic uh, associations and also the fact that they really did evolve that formula from the N64 days. But it would be nice to see maybe it take a little bit of a rest. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a new Pokemon game being announced in Nintendo Direct at some point this year. There's definitely going to be another Pokemon game this year. Yeah, yeah, there will. Um, Well, uh, that was Pokemon Legends Arceus. And as I understand it, it is actually pronounced Arceus because I have heard a lot of different pronunciations this year. Uh, Just in the last couple of days of... uh, this game i've heard arceus i've heard arceus i've heard arceus i've heard i've heard many different versions it is arceus right yes it's arceus you also missed the pronunciation arceus <laughs> which arceus. i have heard in some reviews as well but yeah nintendo's saying it's arceus now uh though that seems to be a change uh, i believe i believe it was established in the anime as Arceus. In Battle Revolution, the good old game on the Nintendo Wii console, the uh, the speaker guy calls him Arceus. But then, yeah, sometime in the uh, anime, they started calling him Arceus. And then they basically solidified it in the games in Sun and Moon with Silvali's RKS system which is supposed to reference how Arceus changes its type. Sorry, I say Arceus because it's a habit of mine and it's closer to the Japanese pronunciation, but 
yeah, it's it's Arceus. I don't know, whatever. It's a Pokemon. You can just, you know, whatever, man. It's that's not the worst one. I'm gonna call it Ferrothorn and Ferrisseed. You cannot make me call it Ferrothorn, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. You can't you can't make me. That's it. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um well Pokemon was probably the biggest release uh in the last couple of weeks because obviously January is just a just a, a death march of no real releases throughout the month. Um, but there was a game that came out a few weeks ago that I was actually pretty excited about because it was from a studio that I am a fan of, and that is Nobody Saves the World. And uh, this is a brand new game from Drinkbox Studios. They're a Canadian studio, so yeah, Canada. Um, and this is a uh, studio that probably our audience would best know for the Guacamelee games. Uh, these are uh, like a combination Metroidvania brawler uh, and uh, very, very funny, uh, very funny games. Uh, a lot of references to other uh, franchises, especially Metroid itself. Um, but they've done some other things over the years and they've branched out into a completely new genre, which is the action RPG with Nobody Saves the World. And Abe, you reviewed this a few weeks ago and I really wanted to get a chance to talk to you about it. Uh, I would have had you on last week to talk about it, but we were talking about the games of the year. So I thought we'd talk about this this week. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Nobody Saves the World? Uh, yeah, so um, as you said, it's a, it's an action RPG. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't really played too much of Guacamelee, but um, I think this is a pretty big departure. Um, so this is uh, kind of a like a Zelda-like, kind of a Link, Link to the Past-like. I also kind of likened it to a, like the traditional, uh, the classic uh, arcade game Gauntlet. Um, but so... Uh, yeah, you play as this uh, this little nondescript person uh, who looks like they're uh, probably like I don't know much about art, but like looks like something like a a, a drawer would would draw as like a, a base for like a more elaborate character, uh, and that's that's kind of fitting because uh, uh, this uh, little person eventually finds a magic wand that lets them transform into different forms like a horse or a ghost. I really like that. The idea that when you start up most RPGs, when you start it, uh, you get a, a blank slate character. You get a character. There's no name. There's no real backstory. It can be you. But in this case, your character is genuinely a blank slate. Yeah. Also, uh, also, you know, also a common trope in RPGs is uh, being amnesiac. And he, you know, this character also <laughs> wakes up in a room and doesn't know how they got there. <laughs> so, uh, it's about as amnesiac as you can get. So, uh, but since, uh, you know, this person finds out that they can, uh, transform into these different forms, um, and, uh, each of them handles particularly differently. Uh, I know the, this was, uh, pretty much the big selling point in the marketing, mater marketing materials. Um, there is something around 20 ish, uh, forms you can change into, and they all handle particularly differently. Um, they, they all have a signature attack that that each one is particularly unique, uh, and then as they evolve, or sorry, as as I level up, sorry, I got Pokemon <laughs> on the brain. Uh, as they level up, uh, they they gain they gain more skills and more attacks, and eventually, you know, with other forms, other forms can share those those uh, attacks and abilities. Uh, so you end up with this giant, just this like big toy box of of so many different combinations and and things you can work with to uh uh try and survive this uh kind of 
I don't know, fantasy-ish world. Um, it it reminds me a lot of like like uh, Nickelodeon cartoons, actually, like from from the nineties. Yeah, that's the style I got from that. That's the feeling yeah. I got from the style as well. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the the little nobody person, the main character, you know, it's got those big blank those big black eye sockets. Like, and if you just drew some eyes in there, then it'd be like a SpongeBob character. <laughs> I like the idea that rather than have a like a classic Legend of Zelda style toy box where you know you have all of these items, that in this particular case you have all of these different forms. It's a nice turn on the classic idea yeah so it, it'd be like if uh in zelda if you if you decide you want to use a bomb then you just change into Bomberman. uh or if you <laughs> you know if you want to use a boomerang you just turn into like a, a boomerang brother from mario but you know like uh i, I feel like uh, companies can often market like stuff market their games as if oh well, well we've got the, all this this variety of you know of gameplay and um, you know, sometimes it just ends up being, oh, well, this character has these stats and that, the, you know, this character has that stats, this, you know, this class has these types of spells and, you know, uh, and it all feels particularly similar, just kind of, um, you know, different statistically. Um, but in this game, um, the, you know, each of the, uh, the forms does have stats, but uh, they all do handle particularly uh, differently, like... Um, so, like, for instance, the horse, uh, the uh, the horse does, you know, horse kicks. Uh, so uh, you have to stand in front of the enemy. You, know, you have to stand backwards, essentially. You have to uh, have your back to the enemy to perform the attack. Um, the uh, the ghost has this weird, like, area of effect type type of attack uh, where you um, you turn it on, and while the enemies are in your your little aura, uh, they take damage. So it's uh yeah it's there it, there's a particularly uh a, a, a pretty big amount of variety um and if you if you really like if you're like me and you really like uh playing around and customizing customizing your loadout uh yeah this is a this is a pretty fun game <laughs> yeah i've gotten that impression uh it seems like the kind of game that i would love to just start up on a weekend and i don't know if i'd be able to beat the whole thing over the weekend but i'd certainly enjoy it like it just seems like a really really fun time not a whole lot of like big storyline behind it's a saturday morning cartoon kind of game yeah pretty much uh yeah the the story is actually i mean that's that's probably one of the weaker areas of the game um there, there really isn't a lot of story uh like i don't know i i haven't like I said, I haven't played Guacamelee. Um, uh, was that a little bit more story driven? Uh, yeah, it did have a fairly decent story. It was like a fairly lighthearted one and uh, like full of humor. But it, there was a story there, yeah, in both games. Yeah, um, and I would imagine the the whole luchador thing would be pretty rife for uh, for uh, clever story beats and things like that. Pretty damn, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it does it does play in a lot of the Metroid. Uh, the Metroid nature, like for example, instead of turning in, instead of having a morph ball, you can turn into a chicken. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you what, what are your, some of your favorite forms in the game? Ooh. Well, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much because, um, early forms of the game. Yeah. Um, earlier on, one of my favorite was the, uh, the bodybuilder. Uh, you get this big, uh, hulking, hulking looking dude, um, you know, and it, a speedo like a you know he looks like a bodybuilder <laughs> uh m- mostly it was, it was fun just to watch him run around and and fight these monsters but um well, there's a difference right there you'd rarely <laughs> see link run around in a speedo that's true that's true um and if certainly if that was the case there would have been a costume for it in breath of the wild yeah we didn't quite get a speedo <laughs> no maybe but, in breath of the wild too yeah uh but of course he's like uh, you know particularly powerful he has some. Um, 
he attacks enemies with the with like a with weights, you know, like a like doing a bench press. <laughs> so he can he can smash a bunch of enemies at once. Uh, but he's kind of slow. Uh, but because you can you you know you can customize your your uh, your form and and pull in like uh, abilities from other forms, um, I can give him the uh, the uh, the <laughs> this ability the horse has the called a uh, horsepower which uh, <laughs> is great. There's a lot of great puns in this game and a, a lot of great uh, little pop culture references. Um, but yeah, you can give them this horsepower and uh, the horsepower allows you to run around and just damage enemies while you're running around like a horse would do. Which makes sense. I mean, if it was, sense, atta- yeah, if the horse was fighting people <laughs> or something. <laughs> yes, if a horse was given a task to save the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the look of this game. I like the graphics. I think it is... I, I really like the developer's sense of humor, and this has been on my uh, this has been on my list for quite some time of games to keep an eye out for, um, because I mean it's a Zelda like action RPG with a slightly irreverent uh, tone and uh, what it sounds like a lot of uh, player customization, so you can uh, pick what playstyle you like based on the forms you get. And I, I, in your review specifically, you keep asking yourself, like when you get a new form, you say, is this my favorite now? Is this my favorite now? Which that is, that is a really cool gameplay mechanic. Yeah. And especially towards the end, like, uh, you know, some of them become so powerful and their abilities are so wild and, and some of them get more complex. So they're, you know, they're interesting to, to work with. Uh, so yeah, it really does, uh, improve, you know, as you, as you, progress through the game uh abe if you're ever looking for a uh half decent metroidvania i can i can really recommend guacamelee and its sequel as well sequel does everything the first one does but better it's one of those sequels that genuinely does improve on the original but the original is a solidly fun uh metroidvania that i really enjoyed so i think this studio is they're doing some cool stuff yeah um yeah i am uh looking at guacamelee now since um since i really enjoyed this game and they yeah it that might be going on my list now. I, I feel like I need to uh, invest a little bit more in uh, Drinkbox Studios. Well, they're Canadian, so I appreciate it. Yeah, that. yeah. Yes, uh, just on a personal national pride. I need all the national pride I can get right now. God help us. Um, yeah, actually, you're all American. You might not know what's going on up here. Uh, but yeah, we're, yeah, Canada. Whew. Could really use a little boost right now. Um, well, thank you very much for uh talking to us about that and for reviewing the game and as always the review will be in the show description uh, fyi the review for uh pokemon arceus may or may not be in the show description depending on uh when the review is published but uh yeah if you if it's not there and you're listening to this a little bit in the future just go to rpgfan.com go to the review section and it will be right there uh, along with an exhaustive catalog of reviews for like every Pokemon game and everything you could hope for. So go go to RPGFan.com and check that out. Um, so those are the big games that came out. Uh, we have a discussion question this week, though, and we haven't had a discussion question for a little while because last, last week was uh, the Game of the Year episode and there was a lot to talk about. So this week we have a discussion question. It's the first one of 2022 and it is from a reader. It is from Daryl. And Daryl asks us, what is one JRPG series you want to finally see get a AAA production level game? I would actually like to try a saga game made by Luminous Productions. Now, I would like to very, very specify very clearly that that last line, I would actually like to try a Sega game, was part of his comment. That is not me saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we know how you yeah, feel about those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Daryl would like to see a saga game made by Luminous Productions. So I was hoping that I could... Uh, you know, ask everyone on our panel that question and see what people think. So uh, let's, uh, Abe, 
why don't you tell us if you could pick one JRPG series, or let, let's open it up a little bit. So like anything we cover, really, uh, that could be finally get a triple A uh, production level game, what would it be? Uh, the first thing that came to mind for me was uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, mm. Beyond being uh, long overdue for another uh, entry in that series, um, I, I would love to get see it get the uh, the same love and attention that uh, like games in the mainline series do. Um, I know it'd be a little bit different because it's like a strategy RPG, but um, you know, thinking about like uh, you know Fire Emblem got its you know sort of triple a uh glow up with uh you know three houses and um i think yeah i think a final fantasy tactics game and and that's that would be would be pretty great (laughs) you know i agree with you and it's very interesting to me that final fantasy tactics is generally agreed to be one of the greatest games in the final fantasy series maybe one of the greatest strategy rpgs ever made and aside from a few uh kind of sequels uh, for the uh, Game Boy Advance, it's never really gotten the attention that its reputation sort of demands. Uh, yeah, there's Project uh, Triangle Strategy coming out, but that looks a little bit more inspired by uh, the Ogre series, Tactics Ogre, rather than uh, Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. So yeah, that would yeah, be... I'd love to see that, yeah. Yeah, a, a full A level production would be pretty cool. Uh, Joshua, what would what would you like to see? Well, I had to think about it because there's a bunch, but um, <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with something pretty adjacent to uh, to Abe's answer that uh, may not really surprise anyone on the panel, <laughs> uh, but Ogre Battle. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, aside from the series just being like tactics, like FF tactics, just overdue. Uh, I mean, we've only at best we got PSP remaster of Tactics Ogre, but. But Ogre Battle hadn't been seen since the N64 in any capacity. Yeah. So, uh, and even then, it was uh, it was two dimensional, right? Uh, mm. So, like, it's never had a 3D game of any kind, really. Uh, I guess the environments in Ogre Battle 64 are 3D if you want them to be. <laughs> but, yep. uh, but yeah. So, I mean, that's what that's what I want. I mean, that's one of the things I want in general is just anything ogre battle but <laughs> more ogre battle really but if they could get give it the triple a uh, uh production value yes please do see here's the thing about this one this is one of those games i would never underestimate the potential of nintendo to just announce a full 3d remake of march of the black queen for example just in, at the end of one of their directs and be like it's available now in the switch store after act razor renaissance last year i think all bets are off <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anything could happen at this point. So uh, it's funny when people talk about like the biggest surprises in video games of 2021. For me, that's the biggest, not even because it was like the best game or it was just like, huh? Exactly. Like no one saw that coming. It was a beautiful surprise. Um, but yeah, that, that, I think that's a good one. So we have uh, we have Final Fantasy Tactics. We have uh, Ogre Battle. Nikki, what would you like to see handled by a triple A level studio? So I I don't really think I have an answer to this because I've come to appreciate like limitations as like a way for developers to like make something unique. And I think, you know, increase in production value and all that good stuff would just kind of take away some of the charm. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Hamtaro Ham Ham Heartbreak uh, 
but like Assassin's Creed. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's let's see that happen. I don't know why. Just let's do it. Hamtaro. I will buy that. I think <laughs> that many people would buy that. A Hamtaro Assassin's Creed style game. Sure. I, I think that uh, I think it would sell very, very well. And I don't think that anyone would see it coming. <laughs> that would be the biggest surprise of 2022 if that actually happens. Let's go. And I kind of hope it does now. Um, if it does come out, we will. I will give you all of the credit. Woohoo. I'm sure there's someone right now. Uh, someone. <laughs> oh, write that down. <laughs> write that down. Someone at Nintendo right now is like, well, we were thinking about uh, bringing back like the Mario and Luigi series, but let's bring back something else that Alpha Dream has been working on for a while. Um Okay, uh, I have a, I have an answer that's, I guess it's a little bit of a cheat. Actually, all of these are a cheat. Now, the, specifically, Daryl asked JRPG, and we have two SRPGs, uh, one that is not an RPG at all, and mine is going to be an action RPG. So, sorry, Daryl, we failed your question miserably. Um, okay, mine is going to be a little bit of a cheat because it is already, the series that I'm thinking of is already, it always gets AAA level production I would like to see the keys be handed over to another uh, AAA-level production. I kind of would like to see Nintendo give Capcom uh, the keys to Legend of Zelda again to create a brand new 2D game. That is what I would like to see. I would like to see Capcom take on Legend of Zelda again and give us another another one. I mean, I know there's rumors about the Oracle games being uh, remastered in the style of Link's Awakening, uh, but I would like to see a new, a new Zelda game from Capcom because I adore those games i adored them when i was a kid i adored them as adults uh josh you were just playing through the oracle games this month weren't you uh yeah i finished uh oracle of seasons earlier this month and i started ages a couple weeks ago actually um fun fun bit of trivia here i don't know if you know this uh the director of oracle of seasons and oracle of ages is the director of breath of the wild uh so i don't know know that i don't know exactly how that came to be but the people that worked on the Capcom developed Zelda games, uh, twenty years, yeah, and Minish Cap twenty years ago. Some of those uh, key team leaders are just at Nintendo working on Zelda all the time now. Uh, but Fujibayashi is the director. Like we all, everyone talks about Aonuma uh, as the producer, but the director of the series for a while has been Fujibayashi on a lot of games, uh, including Breath of the Wild. So that's not your new 2D Zelda game, but it is your your triple A triple A Zelda, Zelda game. Okay. Uh, the team I want the team I want in charge is the team that happens to be in charge. Um I mean if I was to there's a lot of talk about the Oracle uh remakes. Uh and I think that would be really, really cool. This will never happen. This will never ever ever happen. This is not this is not a prediction. This is me just being like, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if they if just with the with Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, they actually uh, they actually created the third Oracle uh, the third Oracle game that was supposed to come out originally. It would be like cool, actually- and, and actually that's a good uh, that's a good avenue to get you like your brand new two D Zelda game because I think the truth is that that game has just been folded into the other two. Uh, yeah, it has. Like it the- was it was what were they it was supposed to be based on the three it was supposed to be based on the uh triforce of uh well the triforce the of titles. courage was the third it was the it was the mystical seed of courage the mystical yeah. seed of wisdom and the mystical seed of power but the and courage was courage the one that didn't get released yes but the main mechanic from that game was time travel and it got folded yeah. into ages and originally ages or wisdom was about colors uh it was a color-based 
game, they had concept art of Nehru with a paintbrush. Uh, <laughs> so, so it feels like what that game would have been probably just is, I don't know, 25% of each of the other games, but where they just took pieces and put it all together, but they could, yeah, they use, that av- the they could use that Avenue to give Furor a third Oracle game. Just it's all brand new, which, which would be amazing. It would be. It would have no relation whatsoever to the other two, but it would, but it would be cool. But they could, they could. I mean, if they were, unless they're doing a Link's Awakening was a, it was a straight re, it was a straight remake. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that because they did a really good job so of it. Much. Yeah, it's is real good. Is real, real good. Um, and what what I really like about that game is just for fun. After I finished playing it, I brought out Amanda's. Uh, she she actually has a Game Boy Color, and she has a copy of Link's Awakening that lives permanently in it and I or I guess it's, you know, it wouldn't be Link's Awakening would have been the, the color version but I, I played it and I mean it's just as good in a different way it's such a good game which is why I think a lot of people are excited about the Oracle games although I don't know if the Oracle games okay this is this is getting a little bit beyond the scope of this podcast but I I don't know if the style of graphics from Link's Awakening would work for the Oracle games because Link's Awakening takes it's it's dreamlike it's supposed to be dreamlike whereas the oracle games are while they use the same graphical style from uh link's awakening on the game boy at the game boy color i don't feel like that graphic style would really work for them it's funny you say that i i comment on things online about this all the time because i agree with you entirely um I, i feel like they could use the engine but they they should try a different art style because it is like it's all dreamlike they made it all like their little dioramas, little toy character caricatures. You know, they made it feel like like the world isn't real. <laughs> yeah, which is you know, which is fitting for Link's Awakening. But I do, I do agree. I think that the Oracle games could use the same you know systems, but they should just try another art style. That being said, if they if they did release it in the Link's Awakening art style, I would not be upset about it. I would just think like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm never upset when there's a Zelda game, so. Yeah, and uh we are <laughs> I think we're due in 2022, so be nice to get some new stuff. Well, anyway, I want to thank you very much, Daryl, for your question. I apologize that all of our answers had nothing to do with JRPGs. Um, but I appreciate your answer. Uh just FYI, uh Luminous Productions, who uh, Daryl would like to see a saga game created by, uh, is a subsidiary of Square Enix. It's an internal studio, and they were working on Final Fantasy XIII, and they are currently working on the upcoming RPG Forspoken. So that will be coming out next year. And if, hey, maybe if they have a free plate. What? This year. It's 2022 now. Oh, God, help me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, after this entire episode of talking about January 2022 being over, I just set myself back in time um yeah so we'll see how that just like we'll the see Pokemon how that game you went back in time oh my gosh it all comes together i can flat out tell you that if someone offered me a time machine to go back to 2021 i wouldn't take it <laughs> no thank you fair time travel has always been a dream and if they were like we can send you back to march of 2020 Oh, gee, thanks. I'll, st- I'll stay here. That's great. Thank you. See, the beginning of Arceus kind of frames it like it's not even a choice. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's almost just like Arceus just showed up one day and is like, hey, kid, you're going to do this for me. Yeah, like like he was sleeping and he just fell through his bed into this other 
this other world. Basically. Okay, look, if, Ar- <laughs> if Arceus told me I can either send you to a world where Pokemon want to kill and eat you or to March of 2020, guess where I'm heading? <laughs> Sui, here we come. Exactly. Um, and with that... Uh, Thank you very, very much for listening to this episode of Retro Encounter. If you enjoyed it, we have lots more episodes uh, available. Uh, You can just go back into the archives. Uh, We have, believe it or not, 234 episodes. I guess 233 episodes besides this one. And a few bonus episodes in there too. So give those a look. Um, we, this is not the only podcast though we have here at RPG fam. We have others. We have Retro Encounter with Mr. Michael Solosi. Uh, we just had a two-parter, Skies of Arcadia episode, hosted by Alana. Uh, Alana loves that game, and Alana is a wonderful, wonderful host, and I highly recommend you check out these episodes. If you know anything about Scar- Skies of Arcadia, if you've ever been curious about it, we also have an episode coming out uh, the next week, I believe, focusing on uh, Dark Pictures' Little Hope. And then we have a big another big two-parter which is going to be focusing on what many consider to be the greatest star wars game and maybe one of the greatest rpgs ever made star wars knights of the old republic and i am super excited about that that was one of the first uh, assignments i ever got for rpg fan was reviewing that game and reviewing a and reviewing a uh, a book about it so yeah I'm, I'm really excited to revisit that uh we also have rhythm encounter which is rpg fans music podcast Last week was the big year-end episode, the music of the year, and they talk about the music of the year. And it's a lot; it's filled with a lot more music than usual. Usually it's uh, two songs per person, but it's the end of the year. So, hey, three songs per person. Why not? Um, and up next, we have uh, music for all those lovers out there. We have the Valentine's Day episode. So if you like your romance in RPGs, then you got to check out the next episode of Rhythm Encounter. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with me here at Random Encounter, though, you can fire me off a message at podcast at rpgfan.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you if you have any uh, ideas for future episodes or discussion questions like Daryl asked above. That would be amazing because, you know, it's a great it was a great question and I would like some more of them. Um, so please just fire off a message to me at podcast at rpgfan.com. Now, if you have uh, anything for me specifically that unrelated to do with uh, Random Encounter, or if you want to talk about reviews or something, uh, fire off a message to jlogan at rpgfan.com, or you can find me on Twitter at jono underscore logan. I am not the only person on this podcast who has an online presence, though. We have many others. So, Abe, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at, on Twitter at uh, babemoby, B-A-B-E-M-O-B-Y. Cool. And Josh, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm Watcher Joshua on Twitter. And Nikki, where can we find you online? I'm on the Twitter.com at Otome underscore Nikki. It's N-I-K-I, only one K. If there were two, that would be a diary, not my name. Well, I really want to thank all of you for coming onto the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I had a really, really good time talking about Pokemon and talking about Nobody Saves the World and talking about uh, AAA-level games that we may never see. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share it with your friends. You know, help us get the word out there. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes, your other podcast player of choice. Uh, we accept uh, any amount of stars that you wish to give us. Uh, we will happily take them. And, uh, well, I just want to say that whatever you're playing, have fun.